just want to say thank you for coming. I know it's, um, I know we're really busy this time of year. Uh, everybody's got a lot of things going on in family, and um, when you get married, then you have more families. You get more and more families. As you get older, your, your kids grow up and they get married and then they have more families. And There's a lot of family. And I know there's a lot of stuff going on, so I appreciate each and every one that's made an effort to come out here. Um, tonight, I know you're probably, as soon as you get out of here, go and do something. So we're not going to keep you forever. Uh, I just want to say thank you. I struggle with these types of messages, which doesn't make sense because we've been preaching about the Christmas story for a month now. But uh, anyways, might not be your typical ones, but um, what we what we have. Uh, don't have a, a text to start a lot of them. Uh, but uh, anyways, just gonna talk tonight a little bit, in a few minutes about the Prince of Peace. world was world was dark and sin was everywhere and things were looking a little hopeless and there'd been a prophecy after prophecy and for 400 years no one had heard from God no one had heard from a you know, fresh word from God in 400 years it seemed like he'd gone silent and everything was Quiet and the political landscape of the day had shifted, and the religious world had become um, corrupted, and people were just this, they were just getting fed up, and they were tired of the way things were, and something needed to change, and they, they needed peace, and they were longing for peace. And there was a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born unto us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And we know now that this prophecy was about Jesus and his birth, and in the Bible days, having a son was a big deal. You know, your future depended on whether or not you had a son. If that was the case, I would not be in a good position. But your son would carry on uh, the family's name, the business, the legacy, or all whatever you were trying to leave behind in this world. And the son would provide for the rest of the family, provide for the mother after the father had passed away, or provide for the sisters uh, if they weren't married, or whatever. And um, a son was security. And so there's this prophecy in Isaiah that we read. And it's a prophecy about Jesus, but he says, Unto us a son is given. Unto us there's a son that has been given. And this is a big deal. Here is a son. There is a future that's been given to us. There's a promise of provision. There's someone that's going to take care of us. There's someone that's going to provide for us. There's someone that's going to protect us. There's someone that's going to be our strength. There's someone that's going to be our security for the future. Unto us a son is given unto us. And a, there's a prophecy about someone who was coming and was going to be all of these things. He was going to be wonderful. You know, Israel was God's people and they were, um, they were captive a lot. 
They were under a lot of pressure. They were abused. They had fallen. They had failed God over and over and over. But Isaiah gives them hope. And he says, there's someone that's coming to relieve this. There's someone that's coming to lift this oppression off of you. There's someone that's coming to deliver and give you security and to give you a plan for the future, provision, protection, all those things. And the same thing applies to us still today. There is a son, a God who became Man, Jesus, who came to be this for us, for you, for me, for the Jews, for the Gentiles, man, woman, uh, child, bond, free, everyone, doesn't matter. Unto us a son is given, and that's what Christmas is all about. Here comes a, a baby God made into a man to deliver us, to redeem us, to restore us, to lift us out of the pit that we had fallen into Luke chapter 4, verse 17 to 21. Jesus is in the, the synagogue and, and they're, they're reading from the, the scriptures. And it says, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. The recovering of sight to the blind is set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus reads that and then it says, and he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down. And all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. He said, this day, this is what I have come to do. I have come to do these things to preach the gospel to the poor, the good news to the people who wouldn't have it otherwise, to heal broken hearts, to bring freedom to the captives, to, to the people that are hurt, to people that are bruised, to give sight to the blind, to bring healing. That's why he came. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be on his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In the ancient world, there was a lot of war. And the government was often corrupt. I know it's not like that now. <laughs> and slavery was, was everywhere. And Israel was conquered many times. And they found themselves many times being taken over by other other countries, other governments, and um, not much has changed. Today, there's still wars going on. There's still terror, and now we got bombs. We got shooting. We got people just driving cars into people. It's a good Christmas message, I know. <laughs> sometimes we're scared to go out in the public sometimes. Um, and the, the Jews and, and Jesus' disciples, they expected this Messiah to come, and he was going to... To overthrow the government is what they thought. He says, you know, upon the government shall be upon his shoulder. And they thought he was going to come and overthrow the government. And um, at the time, it was the Roman Empire. And he was going to set up this new kingdom. He was going to be the king of this kingdom like David was. And he was going to reign. He was going to do all these incredible things. But Jesus did not come to do that. He said, I, I came to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He came to right the wrongs in this world. He came to bring peace. We read earlier in Luke chapter 2, what did the angels say to the shepherds? Verse 14, it said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace 
goodwill toward men, peace on earth. Why? Because the Messiah had come. Because Jesus was born. He didn't come to overthrow a government. He didn't come to start a rebellion. He didn't come to start a militia and back one political party against another. I'm sorry, that's not what he came to do. He came to bring peace. And not, there's not many people in the world that don't want peace. I told you, about, you know, uh, we were in Bible school, we go knocking on doors, which is, if I had a list of things that I love to do, that would be number one. Knocking on doors and asking people what they wanted us to pray for them about. Um, and the most popular prayer request was peace. I just want peace. Well, just, it's a great thing. You know, to pray for, but it's a really hard thing to follow up on. <laughs> Call them back, hey, you got peace on earth yet? Nope, sorry. But there's many people, people that didn't go to church, people that weren't Christian, people that you know, never been to church in their life, but they wanted peace. And just your average person that you meet in the, in the grocery store or on the, on the road or whatever, they just, just average people, everyday people, what about their lives? They just want Peace and people want peace. And we all dream of a time and a day where there's no war, there's no hate, there's no discrimination. But the thing of it is, um, when we think and we dream of that, um, it usually involves everyone thinking and acting like we do. That's how we're going to have peace. Everyone acts like us, right? And that's the problem because that's never going to happen. Because as we say often, peoples is peoples. We all have different ideas of peace. Some people like to be alone. And that's peace. Some people like to be in the middle of everything. And that to them is, is peace. And obviously you can't have both of those things at the same time. Because someone's going to feel uncomfortable and not at peace. We can't, we can't you know, get us all to agree on the same restaurant to eat at. You know, let alone agree on everything. And people, everyone's different in People are, are sinners and people are going to fight and people are going to disagree because that's in our human nature because we're, we're flawed. But Jesus was the, is the Prince of Peace and he came to bring peace. So how is this going to happen? If we can't even agree on one thing, like how are we going to have peace? You know, So it means he didn't come to overthrow the government, but he came to overthrow sin. He came to overthrow the effects of sin. 1 John 3 and 8 says, He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And the New Living, it says, but when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy the works of the devil, which is sin. Right? And the works of the devil, the wages of sin is, is death. Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He didn't come to overthrow a government. He didn't come to make everyone think the same. He didn't come to stop all of the wars. He came to overthrow and defeat sin and death. If you were going to stop every war in the world, someone could come and just stop every war, every fight in the world. And a few days later, there'll be something else going on, right? They're going to be at it again because sin. Sin kills, sin destroys, it wrecks families, it wrecks futures, it wrecks lives, and ultimately ends in death and hell. And Jesus came to stop that. John 10 and 10, it says, A thief 
cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And the way that we were living, it's going to end bad. You know, if we're left on our own, we're going to fail every time. We're going to fall every time. We're going to sin every time. We get worse and worse. It seems like people are coming up with new ways to, to do it. New ways to sin. I don't know. Whatever. Um, when I was in high school, they made us read The Lord of the Flies. I don't know if you ever read that. Um, but the thing with high school English class is you don't just read a book for the sake of reading a book. That would be fine. But you got to dissect every little thing about the book and every name and character and why the writer wrote it and where the writer came from and what his father said to him when he was four years old and all this nonsense, whatever. But it turns out the guy that wrote the book, The Lord of the Flies, he wrote it as kind of an experiment or a commentary on what would happen if we were all left to our own devices, if there were no rules, if there were no laws. So he, he takes the, this plane of of boys and, and they crash on this remote island and the only ones that are living there and there's all of a sudden they have no rules and they can do whatever they want. So this book is about how these you know boys coped and what's gonna happen if, if we took all the rules in a society, what would happen? And he came to the conclusion that there would be chaos. And if we take all the rules out and we think that'll make everything easier, it's gonna end up with chaos. This is the opposite of peace. But Jesus came to to bring peace, victory over sin, death, and hell, to give life a better life, more abundant life, he said. He came to preach the gospel to the poor, the bond, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, liberty to them that are bruised, and speak peace into lives. And all of these things come through his peace. All of these things come through a life lived with him, through salvation, through his blood, through his name. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the way, the truth, the life. He is the mighty God, the wonderful counsel, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And you can't have any of these things unless we come through him. And that's what Christmas is all about. The world was in a bad place. And Jesus came as a baby, to make a way that through him, through his life, through his sacrifice, that he would, he would give, through his love, through his blood, through his name, that we could come to know him as our counselor, as our mighty God, as our everlasting father, and as our prince of peace. If we allow him, if we let him, if we ask him, if we come to him, if we repent and we turn to him, he can calm a storm in your life. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, it says, In the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. When they sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with them other little ships. And there rose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on the pillow, and they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest not thou that we perish? perish. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. This was a literal storm that his disciples were facing. There were, most of these guys were fishermen, but they were scared. They'd been in the storms before, but this one, that, this one had them afraid. 
And the, the waves were powerful. The wind was powerful and was crashing. It was terrifying. They thought they were going to die. And Jesus just stands up and he says, peace, be still. And just like nothing was going on. It just settled right down. He spoke and it happened because he is the prince of peace. He speaks it and it happens. Peace be still and it is quiet. He can calm the storm in you. He can calm the storm in your life, in your, your family. He can calm a literal storm. And he can calm a spiritual or emotional storm too. The next chapter in Mark, there was a man in the, in the Gadarenes and he was possessed. The devil and he was oppressed out of his mind, the Bible says. And it was literally the next story. Once they get across this the water that they're traveling across the sea and they get on the other side, they meet this man. And he shows the disciples that he can speak peace into the atmosphere and he can speak peace into lives. Mark chapter five, verse eight, it says, for he saith unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Verse 15 says, and they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed of the devil and had a legion sitting and clothed in his right mind and they were afraid. And they saw it, told them, and they that saw told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. So Jesus spoke to this man that was possessed of the devil and he was delivered. The Bible said he had legions of devils, armies of devils. You couldn't even count them. There were so many. And I don't, it doesn't matter what we're facing, what you're attacked with, what you're going through. If it's the devil, if it's enemies, if it's a storm, whatever it is, one word from Jesus can set you free, one word, and there can be peace because he is the prince of peace. He is in control of peace and peace comes through him. It says that this man was in his right mind and we have people that are battling a lot of things in their minds today. A lot of hurt, a lot of abuse, a lot of anxiety and depression and voices and confusion and feelings that we're not good enough or we're inadequate or or failure, or whatever. There's a lot of emotional baggage, failed marriages, broken relationships, all of these things that rage on our, our minds. And this time of year, it seems to be you know, a struggle for some of us. People that have lost friends or family, it makes the holidays hard sometimes. But Jesus can speak peace into your life today. He can calm the storm. He can quiet the voices. He can chase away the spirits. One word from Jesus brings peace. He says he's the prince of peace. A prince is a place of power. It's a place of control. If we want peace through Jesus, we need to let go of control and let him take that control. Relinquish control. Let him reign. Let him take over. Let him speak peace. The disciples called on him and let him move. They let him work. They didn't say, hey, Jesus, you're going to do something. No, we're going to do it. Don't worry. Forget it. You go back to sleep. They let him take over. They let him take control. They let him be the prince of peace. The man from Gadarenes came to Jesus and he let him speak into his life. And it's too often that we try to do all the talking. Psalm 46 and 10 says, be still and know that I am God. Stop. I know we're busy. I know there's stuff going on. I know you're thinking about where I'm going after this, what we're going to do tomorrow. I got to wrap stuff when I get home because I didn't get it all done already. I know we have all these things going on, but just for a second, to stop and breathe and be still and be quiet 
and know that he is God. Know it. Let him show it. Let him prove it. Let him speak. Let him step in. Let him move, deliver, heal, bind broken hearts, deliver captives, whatever it is that you're facing. Let him be. Let him speak that peace. There's two words for peace in the Old Testament. They use the word shalom, which means tranquility, which is what we think of. And then the New Testament, um, it's Irene, which means unity or one accord. So if we want, we put these together, if you want peace, you want tranquility in your life, in your heart, in your mind, or your soul, you need to be in unity, you need to be in one accord with Jesus. We need to align ourselves with, with him, align ourselves with his word and follow him and let him be the prince, let him lead Alright. My wife can come back. I know it's a little different for Christmas. I'm sorry. But he this is the whole reason why Jesus came. Was to bring peace into this world. And we get peace by following him and letting him be the prince. Letting him lead us. Letting him be the be our king. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and we need to come through him, and that's how we get peace. Um that's how you find someone that's got chaos all around them and they're still smiling. They still have peace. They're trusting God. They're following Him. Not knowing how it's going to work out, but knowing that He is in control. Cassie, if you could get ready for this. Um, it doesn't say He's the King of Peace. Um, you, can, you can become a king without being a prince. Um, David did it, Saul did it, you can take over a place, you can force yourself to become a king, but if you're going to be a prince, um, you need to be born a prince. And Jesus was literally born to bring this peace into our lives, to bring this salvation, to bring freedom from, from sin, from hell, death, and the grave. He was born to, to be a way, to be the truth and be the life for us and we need to let him do that and Christmas has become a hectic time for everyone um, it's stressful we made it a big stressful ordeal which is the opposite of peace it's become about rearranging schedules and buying gifts and one-upping each other and keeping up with the neighbors and uh, going in debt and then hoping that your income taxes will pay for it all in the, the spring. <laughs> right? All that good stuff. It's not really good, but that's what it's become. And I like, I like gingerbread. I like peppermint. I like chocolate and pumpkin pie and eggnog and Christmas songs and family and presents and cards and all, uh, all that stuff. The real meaning is, is simple. When Jesus came to bring peace, came to save us. My friend Linus says it the best. Um, Charlie Brown has been trying to get everything to go perfect and set everything up and make everything right for everyone. Got a little funny on the feet there. So, I don't know what happened. Maybe it won't work. Yep. We are hopeless, Charlie Brown. Completely hopeless. Rats. 
been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown was doing like we do, trying to get everything perfect for everyone and trying to line everything up for everyone, make everyone else happy, and to know it never works. And the hustle and the bustle, we need to remember that this is what it's all about. Amen. And there's a God who loves you. And he loves you so much that he came himself as a baby 2,000 or so years ago, and he came to bring peace. And whenever you're facing whatever storm, whatever trial, whatever busyness of life or the season that you're facing, we need to take time and remember. The angel said, peace on earth, good will toward man. He's the prince of peace. Uh, one, of my, one more little story before we're done. One of my children, uh, their classes at school, they, they had to decorate a stocking with what they thought Christmas was, uh, what it represented to them. We went to a, to the school for their Christmas production. One of them did the Grinch. One of them did the Polar Express. And not the most biblical of stories, but um, they hung all the kids' artwork up in, in the gym, and we found her class. And of all the kids in the, in the class, all the kids in the gym, there was one that had a little major scene. The other one, there was Santa Claus and reindeer and all that, Frosty, all these, these things. And that's what it, it's all about. All the other stuff is good and fun and I love it. And, It's really all about Jesus coming to save us. Amen. Before we, before we go home, before we, you know, go about whatever it is that we have to do, I know we got the next few days are going to be busy for everyone.
I'm just going to sing one more song. I wonder if we can just take some time and just pause, be still, and think and remember what this is all about before we get into it. And maybe tomorrow, if you can with your family, take some time and remind them this is what it's all about. Amen. Thank you for coming Christmas Eve.